The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What took an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're going to be discussing advanced strategies in SEO, holistic search programs, and retail search capabilities. Joining me is Ryan Glass, former head of content optimization and SEO at Omnicom Media Group. Omnicom comprises of global award-winning agencies like Hearts and Science, OMD, and PhD. Unlocking the potential of world-class talent, Omnicom created the industry's first marketing operating system. This transformed data into actionable insights to help businesses overcome challenges. Today, Ryan and I are going to discuss holistic search programs and retail SEO capabilities. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. Here's my conversation with Ryan Glass, former head of content optimization and SEO at Omnicom Media Group. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Great to be here. Yeah, likewise. And you know, it was great in our prep for this session, we were talking about a lot of your transitions uh, from in-house to agency and now from agency leadership role into kind of doing your own thing. We can talk about that on the show a little bit, but I'd love for you to maybe share that like journey for our listeners. It's one that I think is so important and we don't hear a lot of, 
Most of the time we hear about people going from an agency or consultant business into an in-house role. We don't hear this kind of journey throughout. And, and I'd love for you to share, share your story with our listeners. Yeah, happy to share and definitely thrilled if this is you know, anything that, that inspires or, or assures somebody wherever they may be at a stage in their career. I started out in-house before going to the agency side. Um, I was living in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, U-Haul International is headquartered there. And I'd spent a decade or so working in customer service. It was my after-school job in high school, my first stint going through college, deciding I didn't want to finish a fine art degree, and then you know, sort of finding myself for a number of years before going back. And as I actually got into got into SEO and, and CRO and a lot of different digital marketing practices before I decided, okay, marketing is what I want to go to school for. Uh, went back and finished my degree while at the same time running and building the digital marketing practice that we had there. Um, had some phenomenal colleagues, some great results that we were able to accomplish. And then, you know, the, the great benefit of, uh, of a life is that you can sort of decide, hey, let's pivot things real quick. And my partner and I decided we wanted to move from Phoenix to New York when the opportunity came up with her employer. So I thought, hey, New York has a lot of agencies, a lot of, there's always room for more marketers in New York. Let's just back ourselves and, and see what we can do there. And, uh, you know, got on board with Omnicom Media Group, uh, working on the SEO team. Prior to that, I'd been basically a generalist uh, in the, as many of you working in-house know, it's what are all the different skills and practices that we need to hit our goals this quarter or this year or launch this next new product? And you pick up a lot of skills along the way. And I thought out of all the skills I'd learned and had experience with, SEO was the field that was changing the most often, was, was the most engaging, kept me on my toes. And so I thought, let's, let's lean into that as I got onto the agency side and worked on a number of accounts uh, in New York for, for various agencies within Omnicom Media Group and then was lucky enough uh, in 2019 to be named the head of the practice for SEO and content optimization. And boy, obviously, did we have a lot of transition over the over those four years that, that I was in that role, as we all know. And then spring of 2022, my partner and I had another opportunity to move internationally. And so I've relocated from New York to London, and at the same time moved from a full-time position as practice lead into a contractor role. Um, which still enables me to to work with a lot of really great colleagues, but also dip my toe into some of the some of the best of both worlds in terms of freelancing, the flexibility there, but still working within a team structure, uh, still working on enterprise brands and accounts, and continuing to expose myself to new things. You know, part of that was the motivation. Moving internationally was a, what are all the things that I'm not going to be tasked with doing. Uh, where I was in my previous job that I'll get exposed to over here, including you know some opportunities I've already had with secondment roles, which isn't a really big thing that we have uh, in New York and, and gave me that familiarity of when I was in-house uh, while still doing it under the umbrella of an agency. So I think that you know, there's a number of pivots in my career. And I think those of us who are SEOs by trade or digital marketers in general, we're used to being reactive to changes in in Google and requirements and content strategy, I feel like I've just sort of applied the same thing to, to my life. And sometimes you take a look at things and decide to re-optimize and, you know, move forward from there. Sure. I love it. Optimizing your SEO career. We should have changed the title of this episode, but that, that is perfect. And it, it's really unique to have someone who goes from a large enterprise in-house role, uh, developing out strategy, developing out kind of how teams think about 
executing within one business, right, to an agency function. But it, it's cool what those moves to different locations created for you, but also the opportunity that you took on in opening the door with, uh, with Omnicom. Now, one of the questions I have for you is like, you know, and especially with this dual nature of your work experience in SEO is, is, is holistic search and what this means to you, uh, what this has meant to you both in-house, but also in, in an agency function. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll admit that when I was in-house, we were only dipping our toes into holistic search and, and we probably looked at it holistically. And, and this was, you know, pre-2016. So we were doing a lot more holistic in terms of what we were doing on social and then trying to carry that paid organic social mix over into how we were treating search. But we were just having such success with organic search. And as many of you are familiar with the nature of the product of you, that U-Haul has, you can't necessarily induce more sales. So, somebody's either moving or not, and you're available to meet that need. And you have content and product and, and inventory that is there in the weekend that somebody needs it, or, or you miss the chance. You're not really able to do like a nurture campaign uh, to that extent. But you know where we did look at ancillary products or new product launches. You know, when I was working in-house, we had over a dozen different product lines that are under the U-Haul brand and not just the trucks and trailers and things like that. So there was an opportunity to deal with it. But really, when I got to the agency side, which is one of the perks of working on agency, is working on multiple enterprise brands and the, the issues and the opportunities that they're going to bring forward. So that was fantastic. When I think about holistic search, it's it's such a slam dunk and such a thing that where we just leave it on the table. I'm, I'm, I didn't make friends right away with this, but sometimes you just have to look at a, a given situation and think, if we're doing paid search without having SEO locked in, we're overpaying for each one of those ads. And and I know what side my bread's buttered on. I know I work within a media agency and, and nobody wants to overpay. And, and this is, you know, we, we're always driving efficiency for the client. You know, we, we want to get more impressions for, for the same value. And so when we're looking at something like, sure, you can you can take a website and, you know, maybe we don't get into the details of like performance max and the philosophy of like set it and forget it Ronco style. But, you know, you can take any website, pick a keyword, pick a budget and, and achieve a certain number of impressions. But when we have a vibrant holistic search strategy where you just have something that's as simple as making sure that a brand manager isn't telling the SEO team one thing and then the next meeting telling the paid search team a different thing and helping them understand how these two should really work together. I know that looking at something like quality score is not a perfect metric. It's not a silver bullet, but it can be a good North Star for moving further along that maturity model and making sure that you do have a holistic search program where you say the activities that we know we need to do on SEO are we doing enough of them? And could we be doing more in a way that also improves the amount we're going to spend anyways on paid search? Can we make sure we're spending in paid search in the areas where we're already improving content within SEO if we're building that based off of consumer-driven insights? And getting those two, those two concepts to work together uh, is going to really propel things going forward. I mean, we've had clients whom I've worked with where we've seen you know, I think the average client that I've worked on is north of 20% improvement in efficiency on paid search just by having some of these basic practices in place of having one hand knowing what the other is doing. I mean, definitely on sort of high watermarks, we, we've well exceeded that. And when you think about the scale of, you know, the enterprise brands that, um, that agencies work with, that's a lot of money that is impacting what we're doing. So when we're dealing with thousands to, to millions of dollars in a given campaign or, or a brand launch. And it's 
the SEO team is is hammering on on getting basics and and technical and page speed and content optimization. If we can look at this holistically and say we've already agreed in the marketing campaign for this launch that we've budgeted X amount for paid search, then today that means we can get Y amount of impressions. But what if we got two times Y, three times Y for that same budget by putting a fraction of Y against these SEO fixes that we know we need? And really helping clients along that journey has been uh, has been fruitful in terms of being able to demonstrate, hey, here's an impact for it. And also, obviously, a great appetizer for them to want to do more and more SEO. Right. And so one of the fascinating things as you kind of progress through that vision of utilizing all these partner teams, everything from U-Haul and working within social and then now in Omnicom and working within paid environments when you think about holistic and you think about these partner teams, what are the key drivers to making SEO successful in those partner teams' eyes? And, and specifically, I'd love to get your, your insights into leveraging data with those partner teams, the, the relationship, maybe even starting with what the relationship should be like from the beginning to using data to then kind of what is it that really over time matures that relationship and helps both teams help one another? Yeah. I mean, I think you've hit a few things right on the head there. I mean, we want to be able to to leverage data and I think demonstrate here's the audience that we're trying to go after, or here's the signals that we're getting, and here's how we're measuring things. And I think sometimes with trying to pair these partner groups together, if we quote SEO best practices or, or rules as something that's hard and fast, that doesn't give us the traction in the room when we're trying to create these collaborative partnerships, right? But if we say, here's the data and here's how we're measuring things, and this this is what we've been looking at maybe over the last 30 days, and here's how we're going to measure and aligning on some of those metrics and having that discussion, I think makes it a lot less uh, of an attack and a lot more of here's something where we're going to work together and we're going to demonstrate this progress. And then both of our teams or, or all three of our teams, you know, if we're dealing with the creative agency as well as paid and organic search, all three of our teams are going to look better to the client because we're going to demonstrate more results. I mean, the creative agency definitely wants to say, hey, we, we ran this ad in, in TV and not only did it get all the metrics that we expected it to do within how we measure TV creative, but we also know that it drove an uptick in search results or in search volume immediately after that ad was shown. And then now because paid search and SEO are working together, we're able to capture those better. We're able to direct people further down the funnel and obviously all of this ends up in how we're getting into conversions or, or on-site actions and, and things like that. And I think one of the other things in terms of how to really build those partnerships and, and work well together is to say, we're, we're not trying to get everything perfect right off the bat. We're not trying to say, to, in order to progress, you need to have spotless SEO, A+, perfect scores on, on every various every type of tool that we bring through. But it's how are we measuring the state that we're in today? and charting a course forward. And we know that these campaigns are going to be happening. Some of these campaigns may be evergreen. Some of them, depending on the nature of your brand or product, may be seasonal or cyclical. How can we make sure that each time we're doing a campaign, we're continuing to push this further and further so that maybe by the you know a year from now, two years from now, everything around SEO is looking a lot better, but we're making this very approachable and, and we're coming to the table as you know sort of equal partners in what we're trying to accomplish. You know, one of the things that's super fascinating in not only your your career progression, but in what I think about like holistic SEO and talking to a lot of other folks on the podcast is 
this this idea of normalizing SEO metrics to the partner, right? If you're doing a TV campaign, well, there are going to be search queries that are super important to that TV campaign that you can then measure and you can create kind of mind share or some sort of a share of market from that TV campaign, right? And then that that connects this concept of keyword rankings to brand advertising, TV advertising, right? And it's like, it's the ability to kind of connect these things that we use every day as SEOs, whether it be everything from crawl indexation rates to rankings, to traffic, to share market, to competitor research, like all these great things, but connecting it to that partner stakeholder. And, and through that energy, I think is what holistic SEO comes out of, right? It's like the ability for you to use SEO elements to influence other marketing channels, whether it be content, paid, brand, PR, it's such an incredible driver to SEO success. It amplifies the good work that you do on SEO through having those partners. So Ryan, I want to I want to transition here. I'd love to hear about maybe some specific projects that you feel like have been very successful around this or have yielded the results that you want to have through developing these these search programs. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there, there's one that stands out in my mind, and, and it's it stands out because it's almost regrettable now that I don't know that you'd be able to repeat this because we leveraged accelerated mobile page technology to get some truly dramatic results a number of years ago. But we had a client who... Uh, you know, they were spending, you know, huge amounts of money on overall media campaigns, a huge amount on paid search. And, and I'd worked very closely with the paid search team. You know, we shared an office, we would have lunch together. I knew I knew people on the team. And so we had communication, but we just had different KPIs that the client was, was working towards. But over time, we, we worked with the client to, to say, hey, we've realized that the issues that the SEO team is highlighting for you is also impacting your paid search landing pages. And, and in this case, this client had, they were focused on campaign landing pages. So they're, well, campaign pages don't have SEO value. They're for the campaign, et cetera. Okay, but you do have, the client had a set of landing pages that were evergreen. And we said on, on some of these, they had low page speeds that were north of 10 seconds to load. 
right? And we said, you're, you're, you're running ads here and you're paying X amount per click in the auction and you're getting much less than that in terms of value because of the people who are abandoning, waiting for your page to load. While at the same time, the you know, SEO has been telling you about this and it looks to us like SEO is just not capturing traffic, it's not driving it. Where are we getting these share of voice figures you know, we're getting from our various metrics because there, there's a disconnect between what we're expecting, expected traffic based on the monthly search volume versus what's landing on the page. And we diagnose this by looking at what paid search is having, where we can get figures for clicks in the ads versus how many are landing with the, with the appropriate tagging and go, okay, this is actually probably people dropping off, waiting for this massive load time. Uh, so worked with the client on how fast could we make this within their existing setup with, with their servers and their technology? Could we get this down to you know a certain amount? I think we got it down to five second load time, which was very respectable, right? Coming down from north of 10 seconds to five seconds, their team did a lot of work. We said, let's get a small budget and let's stand up some accelerated mobile pages just to really demonstrate the value of speed, or, or as in the in the years since then, I've called this cost of stall, right? Because it's what how much are we how much are we costing ourselves by not speeding these things up further? And uh, I know accelerated mobile pages are not you know in in favor with a lot of people in terms of you know what what they could have been in the future versus how they planned out. But in this specific instance, we were able to for a very small budget create fifteen pages that were identical to the existing HTML pages using AMP technology. Uh, we actually stood them up on depreciated servers. They were the ones that the client didn't use for production anymore. But this is what we had available as, again, with a very small budget, just as a proof of concept. Uh, stood these up. You know, that you get you get AMP pages running, loading from search at, or from the server at 1.5 seconds, coming out of the cache at 0.5 seconds, and you suddenly see a 40% decrease in your cost per click based on speed. Then you can extrapolate that based on the value of the audience that you've drawn in, whether that's an actual conversion campaign or an awareness play or, or whatever. And you, you start to realize the tremendous value in having these synergistic and, and holistic programs. But it also obviously highlights how much we're leaving on the table when we're trying to make incremental change and just falling into sort of like institutional friction between how do you know, the SEO team can't often be the voice to tell you, you've got to make massive changes with your CDN or, or with, you know, certain technical aspects that are impacting why you have this delivery. And we probably often have these discussions with creative on the value of getting this extra, you know, having these pages be so bloated or, you know, images that aren't the right size or, or all the plethora of technical issues that could be slowing down pages. But when we did something this dramatic and we re were able to replicate this across a few different brands and a few different clients in the same time frame after we saw the success, just as a proof of, now we can go back to the client with a with a database decision and say this isn't us speaking poorly of your creative agency and their ability to to ideate and come up with beautiful things but it should equip you as a brand manager to say is the value of this creative better than you know x amount better than what we currently have if it's going to mean we can only get somebody in at 7 or 8 second page speed am i willing to accept this percent of the audience isn't going to stick around because the ones that do really enjoy it that much more. And it also allows us to inform from a holistic search angle, maybe who we're, who we're going after from how we're picking the, the targets to play in. Are you going after a very competitive and expensive cost per click? Or are you leaning more on SEO to have to win those super competitive ones, knowing where you could be at from a page speed or technical perspective as well? So Ryan, that, that's a great example. You know, When we started this, this episode, we talked about this being also about retail. 
And there's never a, a more present time than now to talk about retail, especially as we're moving into the holiday season, the planning for that. But when you think about holistic search and you think about making these investments around SEO, do you, do you have like a retail e-commerce example you could share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think being mindful about retail and, and taking a truly holistic view of the SERP and looking at what are all the, basically, I think there's a whiteboard Friday that discussed this really brilliantly in, in terms of thinking about the pixels on the page. And are these positive or are these negative associations with the brand or, or with what I want to capture, right? So if we're thinking about paid and organic search and we're thinking about queries that the user might have, how often are your retail partners showing up there? And are you optimizing to show up in search on those retail partners? Because a lot of times we, we this is classic barnacle SEO, but we might leave this on the table for a number of years because we're focused on, on things that we're doing day in, day out with paid and organic on our owned domains. But if you have a brand or, or a client that's selling on an Amazon or a Walmart or, or over here in the UK, we're, we're looking at Tesco and, and grocery and, and things like that. How are you optimizing within the search algorithms on those platforms? And how often are those platforms showing up, especially in your non-branded or anywhere where they're competing with, say, like a SERP that could bring back a lot of product listing ads? How often do you, are your key retail partners also winning a position in page one? Is that an opportunity for you to either catapult if you're maybe you know in a very competitive environment or maybe you're a challenger brand trying to break into page one for, for a non-brand term? Can it, is it easier perhaps for you to rank within Amazon or Walmart search and use the strength of those domains within Google to get your product a foothold and you know get exposed to more consumers? I think there's a classic Ogilvy quote about you know, a lot of marketing is getting a consumer to try your product once. You can't make them promise to switch, you know, soap brands or dress shirt brands or, or whatever forever the first time, but you want them to try it once and then you're on to the strength of the product, right? How can you get them into the journey, into that consumer life cycle that you have? And so, you know, wh whether it's an enterprise brand that wants to make sure you're not leaving room for a challenger to win where, where it's either, you know, uh, Amazon, Walmart, Nowadays, even YouTube or, or TikTok potentially getting into page one there as, as we see expansion of retail within social. But looking at how are you optimizing your content within those other algorithms and platforms, obviously one, to get sales in those platforms, but also because of the multiplicative effect that it's going to have in Google. And then how are we measuring that? And I think there's a necessary evolution that I really hope we see addressed by our core tools over the next few years to help us measure this in terms of how can we uh, tag or assign the placement for domains that we don't own, but don't think of as competitors? Is this, a, is this Amazon link assisting me or is it putting a competitor ahead of me when I'm looking for uh, SERPs related to detergent, non-branded detergent searches, right? Or how are, how are these publishers or, or potentially areas where we're doing, where uh, our other teammates are doing either paid search or programmatic or things like that? What, what truly in a holistic fashion is showing up when my target audience turns to Google in those micro moments and how much of this page is positively pointing towards me and my client and how much is competing for attention and where do I have those opportunities to optimize? So I think a lot of people could be doing a lot more in terms of just optimizing across retail platforms, not, not necessarily leaving it to the sales or merchandising teams who may be copy and pasting the same information across each platform when the data really shows that people have different ways of searching and there's such a difference in 
keyword search volume across Amazon versus Walmart versus Target, just looking at the US. And I would expect it's the same across every market globally, that people are going to search slightly differently across each platform. So not taking the opportunity to optimize that and not seeing how are those platforms showing up within core Google search results is just really limiting the total impact that you can have and the total attention you can drive for your brands and your clients. I mean, this is amazing. I find this so fascinating that we're kind of melding these worlds of like holistic SEO from the the people, the management, the team perspectives within these organizations, but then also the holistic SEO approach from a, a specific channel like like retail or e-com and looking at the multi-channel performance of how does your product do in Amazon or other partners? And then what does that reflect in terms of how you think about your SEO investment? I mean, it's, it's really a challenge for most SEOs to think about taking that step outside of the core day-to-day operations of SEO and leading into those other areas that then really kind of encapsulate a, a holistic view on data, a holistic view on performance, a holistic view on what ultimately is going to drive SEO. Ryan, before we close out this episode, I'd love for you to just share any last tips or advice with our listeners on how to really capture and and drive holistic SEO forward. Yeah, if I can give a quick tip on retail while we're touching on that, I think there's a, when we're looking at how we're optimizing and how we're measuring within retail search, the reality is that a lot of the common tools in the industry are still just measuring, are you filling out the page completely? I mean, that's how low the bar is a lot of times. Do you have the minimum number of characters? Are you using all the bullet points? Do you have the minimum number of images? Are you are you using all that? Which is definitely, there's plenty of brands that are falling short of that. Um, and as these platforms evolve to be marketplaces, we're going to see you know more and more of that. But I think delving within, you know, speaking specifically to Amazon, when we're looking at data around queries, while Amazon search volume is not very easy to get a hold of, you are able to get really interesting data in terms of for a given query, who are the most, the three most clicked products not who's ranking one, two, three over the last period of time, but over the last two weeks or month or whatever, which actual products are the three most clicked in order for this query and what's their conversion percent. So it's a truly rich data that you can have to look into. How am I comparing product to product? How can I create this digital shelf in my own mind and imagine somebody doing the equivalent of going into a Walgreens and and you're looking at two different brightly colored boxes of allergy medicine and trying to figure out which one to get So to evolve it beyond how are you filling out the page and and completing the form, getting back to marketing basics and looking at the quality of our copy, how well optimized is it? How how good is it at driving to conversion? You might find yourself in the position one is you're the most clicked product, but if you're converting at 10% and the number two most clicked product is converting at 25%, the imagery that they're using, the product shot, is it down to their price? Uh, their delivery, or is it down to copy? And maybe they're doing a better job of overcoming the objection. And I think the same thing holds true as we look at holistic search in a paid and organic standpoint. What can we do to learn from the amount of AI that that is being used when, when we're looking at paid search campaigns and how they're remixing titles and, and ad copy and things like that? And what can we get from things like that that are hop- operating at scale and then bring it back into SEO? Because I think quite often we're still thinking in the in the vein of, we're launching a page. Do we have complete metadata? Have we optimized the title and the meta description and the H1s once? Meanwhile, the paid search team might have six months of data since that launch. 
in terms of how Google has been testing out running ads that would point traffic to there? And are we often going back and looking at that? And I think historical optimization is a great tip and a great place for, for growth, whether you have a client that might not be bought in on producing a ton of new content, they might think they have enough, but they're running paid search and there's data that you could have available there, or, or even just going back and thinking, if you're adding a lot of new content, are you often re-optimizing your older pages or has it become sort of like sedentary rock and the newest thing links to all the right stuff, but the oldest pages don't link back to your new ones? Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, Ryan. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices Search Podcast. Thank you to Ryan Glass, Head of Content Optimization SEO at Omnicom Media Group for joining us. If you'd like to contact Ryan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also reach out to him on Twitter, X, at RyanGPHX, or visit his company's website at omnicommediagroup.com. Okay. Thanks to Jordan Cooney, the founder of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.